Welcome to the Lifting Lessons at Lunch, hosted by Calvary Baptist Church of Statham, Georgia. My name is Matt Dibler, and I have the great privilege of pastoring Calvary Baptist Church. This podcast can be heard every Monday through Friday at 12 o'clock. And now, here is our speaker for today. Hello, and happy Friday to you. Welcome to today's Lifting Lessons at Lunch. I'm looking forward to continuing our study in the book of Revelation. I hope that you have a copy of God's Word with you and that you can follow along as we read. We've looked at the first four letters to the churches in Revelation in chapter 2. Now we're moving into chapter 3, and we're going to look at the last three letters here that were written by our Lord to these churches. And we're going to see what God has for us out of the church of Sardis today. Um, It's a little different message that God has for this church. So I hope that you'll stay tuned and that you will see what God has for us today. I believe it'll be a blessing and hopefully um, a little convicting to you as it has been to me. We're going to read the first six verses of chapter three. So follow along with me if you will. And unto the angel of the church in Sardis write, these things saith he that, that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works that thou hast the name that thou livest and art dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain, that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard, and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief. And thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. Thou hast a few names, even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels." He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. So we see this church in Sardis, and before we go any further, I want to talk to you just a little bit about some history of the church of Sardis. So the the city of Sardis sat up on a hill, and the, the history tells us that the defenses, the walls of this city, sat about 1,500 feet above the main road. So no doubt this city was well protected. It was well guarded. It was a city that was cared for at one point. But as this letter is written, at the time this was written, this church, I mean, this city had become a shell of what it once was. The city worshiped the god Artemis with the idea of death and then rebirth. But the city had gone downhill. The city had become a shell of what it once was, the the mighty city that it once was. And the church, unfortunately, followed suit. We see in verse 1 that Christ says, I know thy works, that thou hast the name that thou livest. So you have the name of the Sardis church. You're living behind that, but you're dead. Thou art dead. So the church was still somewhat alive, but we would call this church as being on life support, right? It was kind of a feeble church, a church that was frail, a church that was running on fumes, but yet they were still trying to live off of their past glory. The warning and the message to the church of Sardis can be applied to our churches today. At times we are so tempted to live in the past. We think of all the people that we used to reach. 
We think of all the people that used to be in our church. We think of all the the ways that we used to serve God and the ministries that we used to have and the way that we used to preach the word of God. But what about now? This church was living in the past. They were living in the glory days, so to speak. When I was studying for this, I was thinking about, you know, a lot of times it's, it's a classic story of a man that tells the story of the state championship football game back in 1972 when he threw the game-winning touchdown pass or he caught the game-winning touchdown pass or he was handed the ball and he ran and somebody broke his leg on the 20-yard line, but he kept pushing and he kept pushing until he crossed that goal line and they won the championship. Haven't we all heard stories like that? Haven't we all enjoyed those things from time to time? If we strip some of that back, not in every case, but if we strip some of that back, that person may have really been sitting on the bench, right? Or maybe they weren't even the quarterback for that game. Or maybe when they got injured, they really fell down and somebody else scored the touchdown. There's so many things that we could go through, but this church was living in its glory days. It was living in the past. And sometimes we can get tempted to live in the glory or the memory of how things used to be. Haven't we all seen churches like this? This is what we used to do. These are the people that we used to have. Dr. Havner, I I saw this quote online and I wanted to use it. Dr. Havner said that ministries go through four stages. It starts with a man that God is working through to start a ministry. So there's a man, there's a movement, a machine, and then a monument. So God works in a man to start a ministry um, with his power, God's power and his strength, that, that man starts a movement through God's power and God's strength. As things continue to go, you see a machine that's just moving and they're serving God and they're reaching people. They're doing all the things that they're supposed to do as a church. But unfortunately, somewhere along the lines, some churches can become a monument. The church described here was definitely in the monument stage. We've all seen monuments as we pass by on the side of the road. We can go through uh, uh, many cities. In in Jefferson, there's a a monument in the middle to honor, um, I think he's a Confederate uh, general. But these people, these, these monuments, there's no life. It's just an inanimate object that's sitting there for people to see. And unfortunately, some of our churches become monuments because they forget what they're supposed to be doing. They're living in the past. They're living in their glory days, and they're not paying attention to the here and now. God tells them in verse 3, he says, remember therefore. Now, they're remembering glory days, right? But Christ tells them to remember something different. Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard. And I love this next phrase, then Hold fast. We saw this in the last church too when Christ says, hold fast to the things that you've received. Hold fast to the things that you've heard. If we do those things, our church, our our ministry will never become a monument. And then finally he says to repent. Christ tells him in verse 2, be watchful and strengthen the things that remain. Stop looking into the past. Stop looking at those things that you used to do. Start doing those things now. Let's bring those ministries back. Let's try to get those people back. Let's get our fire for God back. Be watchful. Remember those things. Strengthen those things that are ready to die. 
Christ said one of the most unfortunate statements in this whole letter is, I've not found thy works perfect before God. This church needed new life. They needed some some motivation. They, They needed to be quickened, as the word of God says. And you and I know the only one that can quicken somebody. You and I know the only one that can give new life to a church like this is Christ. So Christ is telling them, I'm here. I want to help you. But you have to remember, you have to be watchful. You have to repent. You have to hold fast to those things that I've given you. Christ is the only one that can do this. He's one, the one with the seven spirits of God as well as, as the seven stars. The point of this passage is that we can all, there's nothing we can do to bring new life, but we all need new life. Now, I'm not talking about new salvation. Please don't get me wrong. Hopefully, everybody under the sound of my voice knows that you're on your way to heaven. You know Christ is your Savior. You've been saved because of what Christ has done in your life, because he was gracious enough to save you. But those of us who have Sometimes we get in a rut, right? Sometimes we get into areas in our life when we don't serve God like we used to. We can't look in the past and think that we can still live a Christian life based on what we did. We have to be current. We have to be watchful now. If we're not watchful now, the Bible tells us that if we're not watchful, if we're not sober, if we're not vigilant, guess what? The the devil is walking around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. This church was ripe ground for Satan to sneak into and to take down. It's interesting, the letter that is written here, because nowhere in this letter does God say, I have something against you. He's obviously explaining what is what he had, the problem he has with this church, but he doesn't word it quite like, quite like he did. There was no persecution in this church. There was no opposition to this church because they weren't allowing things in. One of the most telling things I think about this church is that the people of this city didn't look at this church as dangerous. When a a city or a nation looks at something as dangerous, a lot of times their first instinct is to attack it. You see persecution. You see opposition to the things that are being done. We don't see that here. The people of the city didn't look at this church as dangerous, but unfortunately, they didn't look at them as desirable either. Sometimes we become so complacent thinking about what's happened in the past that we give place to the devil and allow the enemy into our midst. Verse 5 says, He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment. This is what God promises those of us who overcome. He that overcomes, he that remembers and is watchful and strengthens those things and, and watches and holds fast and repents. He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment. And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. God's not just going to leave us to ourselves. He's not going to leave us to try to do these things on our own. The warning for you and I today is to not be too comfortable in our church that we become lazy, that we become feeble, When this occurs, when we become as individuals, as church members, when we become lazy and we become feeble, that's when the church begins to die. The church is not the building that we get to go into that God has provided for us, for us to go and worship and praise his name. The church is us. 
The building can't do anything. We have to. If we become lazy and we become feeble and we become weak and we become so distracted on the things that we used to do, that's when we start to enter that monument stage. This will not happen as long as there is a remnant that is still wanting to strengthen that which remains. I go back to verses 2 and 3. Remember, therefore, how thou hast received and hold fast and repent. Verse 2, be watchful and strengthen the things which remain. It's not about what happened back in the day. It's now. Those things that remain, we have to strengthen. We have to put our all into it. We have to give God our all so that he can use us and our church doesn't end up in that monument stage. This has been convicting to me because I need to work on my life. I need revival. I need to get out of any rut that I might be in and get closer to God so that I can do what he's called me to do. So that I don't feel that lazy and comfortable feeling that we see in this church. So I don't have to be warned that God's going to come as a thief. If I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, if I'm close to him, if I'm living right, I say, even even so come, Lord Jesus. I don't have to worry about him coming as a thief because I know he's coming for me. Thank the Lord for his goodness, for his mercy in our lives. He's given us every opportunity with the completed scriptures, with the Holy Spirit living inside of those of us who are saved. He's given us every advantage in the world. I hope that you're taking advantage. This is something that could happen to every church, and it can happen like that. Don't look in the past. Don't focus on the things that we used to do, whether good or bad. Let's look to the now. Let's look to what Christ is doing for us now. And let's look to the future. We've got so many more souls to reach. We've got so many more things that God wants us to do. There are people in our communities that are hurting, that need hope, that need love, that need help. There are so many in our community that need to be saved. They need to know the love of God. You and I can show that to them. If only we will do what God is asking us to do here. Don't get lazy. Don't get feeble. Remember and hold fast. I hope this has been an encouragement to you. Please let us know if we can help you in any way. God bless you, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your Friday and a great weekend.